Welcome everyone to Curb Your Podcast. Curb Your Podcast is a part of the DVR Podcast Network. You can check us out at dvrpodcast.com. And if you like what you hear and you want to support the pod, get early access and also a bunch of other special stuff, you can go to patreon.com slash DVR. My name is Axel. I'm going to be your host. And throughout this season of Curb Your Enthusiasm, we're doing the whole ninth season. My co-host will be a gentleman named Sean Flynn, who is on the other line. He is actually... Oh, hi, Sean. How you doing? Good. Okay, good. That was Sean. He is actually in Los Angeles. He is a comic. I am not, but we're going to do a little intro. This is really our first episode before we get into Foisted, episode one of season nine. We get into the adventures of LD. We're going to talk to you just a little bit about ourselves so, Sean, can you please tell everyone who you are, where you're from, a little background, what you do, all that kind of bullshit? Uh, yeah, it's kind of a lot. Uh, let me take a deep breath before I get through all that. Um, so, I'm Sean Flynn. I'm a comedian in Los Angeles. Uh, after college, I moved to New York. Did some stand-up there for about five years. And then I, uh, I moved back to North Carolina where I went to high school and college and, uh, took a couple of years off and, uh, just moved out to LA about six, uh, six months ago. And, um, I'm back doing stand up again after taking a couple of years off. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Not much to it. <laughs> and that's where we met. We met actually in North Carolina where I used to work for, and then I was running a place called The People's Channel. Um, I'm a longtime podcaster, been podcasting about 10 years, Lost, Lost Mythos Theorycast, podcast Winterfell. I started this DVR podcast network. Um, I am a journalist. I was a filmmaker. I still am a filmmaker, documentarian. I taught film. I ran public access stations. And uh, I'm a Jersey boy, so this show um, is close to my heart. I grew up near New York, um, but I, I just think this show is so awesome. But before we go on, we're going to mm-hmm. get into the recap, and thanks everyone for listening to a little bit about us before we get to the show. Um, and welcome, too. Thanks for downloading this. Every week, we're going to be checking in with Sean, because Sean is a comedian, He's trying to get it going out there in L.A., and he is going now to the comedy club every week. So, Sean, did you get on at the comedy club this week? Um, No, I did not. Um, So I I do have a gig. I have a gig tomorrow night in Ventura at the Ventura Harbor Comedy Club. Um, That's 8 o'clock. If you are listening and you get this and you go to the door and you give my name, they'll give you free tickets. It's wonderful. Um, but, uh, since I've been out here, it's been my mission to kind of get on at the comedy store and it's not going too well. Um, little history about the comedy store. It's where a lot of comics came up, you know, Jim Carrey worked there and, you know, Robin Williams kind of, uh, came out of there, um, when he, when he moved out here. And, uh, so every week they have this thing called potluck and, uh, they pick 15 comedians and they give them four minutes. It's three or four minutes of stage time. And they get to be seen in front of the booker. And every week I go there on Monday and there's like a hundred comedians there. 
and I just cannot get on this list. And, you know, I mean, I'm trying other venues too, like, uh, but you got to branch out, but you also got to be, you know, you got to be that guy that goes every week and tries to get on, but it's just, just horrible. Like I like, I literally adjust my work schedule. So I'm off every single Monday and every, like, I don't even stay afterwards. I just wait till they put up the list. I mean, some people hang out and they do this thing kill called kill Tony where, uh, they'll do like a minute and then like just get berated by a, a panel of comics on stage. I don't really want to do that. And then um, you know, some people hang out, but I'm just kind of like so pissed at this point. I just like I just leave. Like oh, I'm not on the list. I leave. Well, I, I came don't know. Home, How did they laundry? Can you explain to me? I'm sorry to interrupt, but I so. Do you get there and put your name and then they just pick the people? Do you have to? I don't understand. How do they choose? How are you chosen? How can we get you on? I, I, I don't know. I mean, like, uh, I think I think that, you know, some people they might, you know, I mean, it's I don't know if it's a true lottery or not. Um, I think that maybe like some people that they see on the list, they might just put on it's supposedly a lottery. I don't know. So but uh I mean, the thing is, is like if you have any kind of notoriety, like any of these comedy clubs will open the door for you. You know, you done a set on Conan, you know, you did Fallon, you know, you did uh, you did something stupid on Comedy Central. Yeah. And then they put you on, you know, but out here it's 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 kind of like different because they just want to sell tickets to all the tourists. And, you know, I even did the Laugh Factory. I did that open mic. And the one night that I did it, the booker wasn't there. So it was kind of like you're spinning your wheels out here. So that's why I'm venturing out. I'm, tr- I'm trying to, I'm doing this, this uh, show in Ventura tomorrow. It's really part of the, uh, the Ventura comedy festival uh, that's coming up. And then like, I'm branching out. I'm, I'm, I'm starting to do fe- apply to festivals and stuff like that. And all right. Um, well, that's a, that's whatever. A, that's a sad story, Sean. Thanks for bringing down the yeah. fucking podcast already. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hey, we're, we're going to get you on. We're going to get you on at the, what is it? It's the comedy, what is it called now? The com, Is it the, the comedy, comedy store? The comedy store. Mitzi Shore, Holly oh, Shore's right. mom. That's the myth. For many, many years. Okay, that's the place that Marin is always going to. Right, right. Marin worked there years ago, apparently. Yeah. And, um, you know, but uh, yeah, that's you know a place I'm trying to get in. Now. I'm still trying to get in at the Laugh Factory. I'm gonna you know try to do that uh, that show again. And well, we then, gotta uh, get you on, man. You know, I mean, there are some great clubs out here. Um, I but I just uh, I'm fa- finding it a lot harder. It's a lot different than New York. Like New York, I don't know. It just seemed a little bit more accessible. It's a lot hard- harder for comics these days. Um, but. Yeah, well, yeah. everybody wants to be a comic, and every comic has a fucking podcast. Do you have a podcast yeah. yet? Yeah, now with you. Oh, oh, that's right. We're doing a podcast. I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> See, look, now that I was, once this I was pod- anti-podcast, though. Oh. I was anti-podcast, and then when you called me, and you were like, you want to do this, like, I only want to do it because it's with you, oh, you know? Oh, that's sweet, buddy. Well, you know what? This podcast is going to get you on. We're going to get ranked. Listen, everybody who's listening... Go and give us a review on iTunes. We're going to get ranked. Then what Sean's going to do is just going to walk up there, show him the iTunes ranking. People are going to recognize him from Curb Your Podcast because that's such an awesome name, by the way, that I came up with. It's very original. And hopefully you'll get on because maybe what we might have to start doing, Sean, is you might have to just start doing like a five-minute bit on the podcast. What do you think? 
five minute bits. Yeah, okay. I, I, I want to hear. I could, I could I could tell some of my jokes that I'm working on. Okay, uh, some of the bits that I'm working on, I, I could do that. You know? Okay, all right. I mean, mainly mainly a one liner comic, but I've been doing some other stuff lately, and uh, we can like try that. that out. We'll get some feedback that way, and okay. you know, I usually I usually test out my jokes uh, on the cashiers at the grocery stores here. <laughs> That's how I normally do it. Because well, um, if they're paying uh, attention, if you can get them to laugh, then you're doing good, right? Well, just so I can try and get a little discount. Yeah, you know, that's that's really why. Um, and you go to Mike's here, and the comedians here like they don't they don't want to laugh at your jokes. If you if you're good, they don't want to laugh at your good jokes because they don't want you to be funnier than they are. Uh, Dude, this is not tough, that I'm saying man. that I'm funnier than they are. I'm not saying no one's laughing at my jokes. I'm just saying that. Uh, the open mic scene here is uh, very different uh, than New York, um, but it's okay. okay. Uh, it's not too bad. It's just I wish I could get uh, some real shows in L.A. Be nice. All right. Well, we're going to keep on working on it. We're going to check in every week. I'm going to see if Sean gets up. And if you do, what you got to do, Sean, you have to promise us. If you get up at the comedy store, you've got to put your phone in your pocket or something and you've got to record it. No, I record my sets anyway. Okay, good. Oh, we're definitely okay. We're putting one of your sets on. We might have to drop some special podcasts. That is Sean doing some comedy because this is a comedy show, and we need to have a little laugh in our life because the whole world is falling apart. Yeah, I'm not laughing right now. <laughs> yeah, I know. All right, let's get on to the show. All right, so here we go. Curb your enthusiasm, season nine, episode one foisted baby so this is written directed by jeff schaefer now a lot of you may know that jeff worked on seinfeld first as a writer later as a producer became friends with larry and he's been with curb your enthusiasm since the beginning now something that's interesting is um jeff schaefer and his wife jackie are also the writers and creators of the league which was on fx and then later fxx FXX. Yeah, that's what it was. Uh, so they are, he is definitely familiar with the improv comedy show, which is, as we know, Curb is a series of outlines. Um, and then they improv all the scenes. And that is actually how they did the league. Actually, sometimes they said that the league really didn't even have an outline. They'd have like three points. And you could tell because unlike Curb, the league. Did you watch the league? I, I have to admit, um, I'm a bad comic. I didn't watch the league. Yeah, um, it's it's pretty funny, dude. It's pretty funny. Um, it, but they stretched the the um, uh, what what we what do you call them in comedy when you kind of come back to something, the wraparound or the callback? The but, callback. Uh, it's okay. also, what it is is you know I started doing improv. I started it. I took improv classes at UCB theater in New York. So I started doing improv and they teach you this improv form called the Herald. And they, 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 you do a couple different scenes and then you just, you do this thing called a group game. You do a couple more scenes based on the same funny idea. And then like in the last scene, you kind of bring everything together. And that's, that's what these, all these episodes do. Mm -hmm. Um, So sometimes I actually try to guess where the episode is going. And that's what I wanted to talk about because one of the things I've started to notice now, I've been watching Curb for a long time. And as I said, I've been podcasting about TV for 10 years, 
been watching it. I mean, I'm a TV. They used to call me Billy TV when I was a little kid, right? My mom used to say, where's your best friend? What did you That's turn? That's better than Billy TB. <laughs> that is, that, Sean, you're like going to like LD age when you're on that Billy TB. Who even knows what that is these days? I guess you have to get that shot when you're a kid, right? Tuberculosis. Yeah, tuberculosis. I, I'm, oh, I'm surprised. You, you, you don't could... get a you don't get a tuberculosis shot. You you, you get tuberculosis. You don't get oh, a tuberculosis no. shot. Okay. <laughs> Maybe I went to the wrong doctor. Um, but uh, one one of the things that is, uh, I totally lost my train of thought. What were we talking about? We were talking about the structure of the show. Oh, okay. Yes. So, what I've been trying to do while I write the recap. And we'll get into it now is I'm trying to pick out things and say, hey, is this going to come back later? Not even in this episode, but the great thing about Curb is that they do it through the whole season, right? So let's try to see if we can kind of find that. Okay, so let's jump on in. Um, So first things first, we open on a drone shot, which is like, holy cow, Curb like took a camera off somebody's shoulder And one of the things I wanted to mention is, as a filmmaker myself, you can definitely see that this whole episode has, in a way, elevated the show. There's more steadicam shots. There's more establishing shots. There's more wide shots than there usually is. Um, I think that they're they're trying to expand the cinematography on the show, which I think helps... Because like the great music, um, it is a part of how the audience, you know, takes everything in. And it becomes a function of the show, how it's presented. So I really like that they're doing this. Um, I thought that it was kind of cool. Even like, for instance, we've never seen Larry go on like, he. we know who he is, but we usually don't see too much of what what his fame affords him in this show. Right. Right. So it was really kind of fun to see him actually on the Jimmy Kimmel show. I don't think in nine seasons, we've actually ever seen something like that before where he's actually taking part in being Larry David, you know, usually it's kind of behind the scenes. Um, so let's just get through the scene. He's in the shower singing a spoonful of sugar, (laughs) a spoonful of sugar, uh, which I think is going to come back at the, at some point. And it's, it's almost like Larry's happy, you know, like he's in the shower, he's there, and then all of a sudden he looks at the soap and then the music kicks in and we're kind of, I love this scene because it brings us right into the comedy. He can't get the soap open. He smashes it trying to get it open. What did you think of this scene, Sean? Uh, I could totally relate. Um, I don't know why the soap companies have this thing where you have to like twist it a certain way for it to pop up and you can't, you just buy the soap and it just, it just comes out like, you know, and we've gotten so lazy that we have to use these, these pumps. I mean, can we just open the bottle and pour it into our hand? Um, could totally relate. Uh, I've never broken a bottle like that in the shower, but definitely could relate. Um, it was pretty yeah. good, man. I like it. And also, again, and this is great, we start in the shower, we're going to end the episode in the shower. They're just so fantastic about bringing everything back. So we jump to now, we're getting into the juice of the episode. Larry's going to see Jeff. Again, 
we get a rather interesting wider outside shot with lots of people in the background, which we usually don't get pretty cool. Um, so Larry's going, walking into the office building. He kind of looks behind himself and he sees a woman who is dressed. I, I don't know how you describe, but I'm going to this, this doing this podcast is going to be a lesson in like PC culture and all that too, but I'm just going to be myself. So he sees what I guess you would describe as a more masculine looking woman, right? You'd think perhaps she was lesbian. Um, very nice suit. Very nice suit. By yeah. The way. Well, very well dressed. I like the earrings too. Um, and this is actually Julie Goldman, who some people may recognize from a show called The People's Couch on Bravo, uh, which was a fun show where you're like watching people watch TV. I, I watched a couple episodes of it. Um, so she gets kind of pissed off at Larry that he didn't open the door for her. And uh, he says, uh, it's a look. <laughs> it's a look. <laughs> Larry Clinton, this is where he has a great thing. She says, why didn't you, why didn't you open the door for me? I don't get it. He says, I have an equation. Type plus distance equals no door hold. Um, so she says to him, that's a fucking stupid equation. And she walks off. Uh, what do you think about this, Sean? Because this is why this show is so awesome. Because Larry really is always trying to like, he thinks about everything. So he's, he was actually trying to, in a sense, compliment her by doing what he thought she would want to do, but it insults her because it turns out as we later find out too, that though she would, you know, in, in the common parlance, you'd say femme and butch, right? She she yeah. is the butch uh, portion of this, and not every relationship is like that. Um, so I thought it was pretty hilarious because right away he's into it. Yeah, I think distance alone he had it. He had he was in the right distance alone easily. He had a good like thirty feet, and that to me is a no hold. That's definitely a no hold. I I, I fully support his decision. At that moment. Yeah. I, you know what? I'd have to go with Larry with this. I don't, I open the door for everybody. That's just who I am. So I think the distance part alone makes Larry right. But again, he always has to put his foot in his mouth by instead of leading with the distance, he leads with the absolute, the thing that has the most chance of insulting someone. <laughs> okay so we jump up larry and jeff are now meeting in his office they start talking about the musical which i think is going to become the theme for the season fatwa mm -hmm. the musical it's uh, yeah. a story about salman rushdie's fatwa from the ayatollah khomeini and larry says that he wants to play the ayatollah which i think is going to come into this as well i think this is setting these little lines are setting the tone for the whole season. Then Susie comes in, and I love Susie. Oh my God, I'd be a nightmare to be married to someone like Susie. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Dude, she is literally like, let's see, Mrs. Hausman across the street. I could name, I could name you like 20 uh, moms that I grew up with that were exactly like her. That the kid would walk away. Don't you fucking walk away from me like that. Get the fuck back over here. 
I love it. I love Susie. She's hilarious. And hey, if anybody's listening, please go out and listen to Origins that Jim Miller uh, did. He's a he's a great writer, and he's now started a podcast called Origins, and he did the first four episodes about the origin of Curb, and then he released 11 podcasts of about a half hour to 45 minute interviews from almost everyone that has to do with the show and her part her interview i think is the best one she is great but i just love how her and larry just go at it agreed yeah baby now we find out sammy's getting married this is another thing we want to lay down for the rest of the season she says Sammy's getting married. Her husband's a vet. Larry, of course, says the worst possible thing. Eh, he might have PTSD, you know. <laughs> Just yeah, I know. Lash out while she's sleeping. Because <laughs> that's the first thing that comes to your mind when you think of it, right? So that's what, that's, I don't know. Like, why is he thinking that? Why is he, you know, it's Dude, just that, he's putting, I, putting I, his mouth right away. Uh, but I have to admit that he's just like me. Whenever, if someone said to me, Hey, she's marrying a vet. I'd probably think, well, you got to worry about that PTSD. <laughs> I kind of thought the same thing before he even said it. <laughs> it's 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 crazy to think though that she's getting married. Like that's how like if you think like that's how old the show is now. I know, right? Le- the, the it was only last season. Was it last season? The season before when she got her period? No, it was last season when she got her period. So what is she getting married at, like 18 or 19? How old do you get your – did she get it? I don't rem- – she wasn't that old. So I guess they're – maybe she's getting married young. I don't know. She was in the background later in the show, but I didn't get a good look to see if it's the same actress because she was really good. Yeah. Um. Oh, wait. Was it her – was it Sammy who got her period or was it Super Dave's daughter? I don't remember. I'm actually going back and I'm watching okay. all the episodes. Yeah, now. actually, I think I'm wrong. I don't think it was Sammy, though. Maybe it was. I don't know. But I remember Sammy was gr- she was really good. Maybe she was a little bit older. Um, all right. So now we jump ahead and the barber arrives. It's the woman, of course. It's Betty. Yep. Um, I love the way Larry fights with Susie when he says, oh, you're lesbian friends. You got lesbian friends now. <laughs> <laughs> and I love how it's this. I really like this actress, Betty, because her every everyone on this show, I think, is many ways is cast on how they react to Larry, you know? Yeah. And the way Betty reacts to Larry, I hope they bring her back because she has really good reactions to him where she's just like, oh, that's who he is. You know? Yeah. She was very forgiving. Once they got in the office, she was like, OK, yep. And it's funny because she offers to cut his hair, which I like immediately. That's the first thing I noticed about Larry. He's like, hey, he looks the same, except what's the deal with his hair? Yeah. And they addressed it like right away. So I was like, (laughs) oh, okay. So it's. uh... I bet you were going to find out behind the scenes that like Larry got in a fight with people about whether he should. Do I really need to grow my hair out? Can't you just fluff it a little bit in the back? You know, like I'm sure they got into an argument. Um, so now we jump over to Larry's meeting his assistant, who's the fantastic uh, Carrie Brownstein, if I can pronounce that correctly. Um, we, we know, you know, she's a great musician from Slater Kinney, and uh, she's on Portlandia. I live in Portland. Actually, 
I was over at the park. I take my son to Woodstock Park. And uh, they were shooting Portlandia there just a couple weeks ago. So I got to say hi to her and Fred Armiston and a couple other people that were doing the show. But everybody in Portland goes nuts when they shoot Portlandia. I haven't seen that show either. It's uh, they're, they're just repeating themselves at this point. I mean, it's not really about Portland anymore. The first couple seasons had more of a – it's still funny. It's still funny, you know. I mean, Fred Armisen is just one of the weirdest dudes in existence. I mean, even if you listen to his interviews and stuff, he's just an interesting dude. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we used to be married to Elizabeth Moss, right? Uh, I think I knew that. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Very um, briefly, though, right? Yes. There, there, there was some shenanigans on his part, I believe, that he admitted mm-hmm. to. Um now, she has been out of work because of constipation, and she says, there's such great lines in the show. It's about being available. I've got to be available to shit. <laughs> so, yeah. Sean, do you think that constipation is a field that has not been researched enough? Um, I know quite a bit about constipation because really? I am a nurse by trade, and... Um... Usually they don't like like technically you're not constipated unless you haven't taken a dump in three days. So immediately I was like, "Up, oh, nope, you can't use the constipation excuse." And uh, you know, I mean, like take some uh, take some you know, just take take a laxative for crying out loud. Drink some water; it'll come out. I mean, it's not like it's not that big a deal. And the, the funny thing is, is like at work sometimes. We might make a big deal out of some someone like if they haven't taken a dump in three days. But sometimes I work for three days straight and I don't take a dump during those three days. You know, so what's the big deal? I mean, if there's there's nothing in there. I mean, but definitely better out than in, you know, but. Uh, <laughs> well, for you, not for everybody. I have gone like I have gone like four or five days without taking. a Oh, before, man, I'm so. as regular as as the sun and the moon, my friend. I take a shit when I wake up. I take a shit before I go to bed. And that's it, baby. You must have a lot of fiber in your diet. I, well, I I uh, I pay attention to stuff like that because uh, I am a big dude. And I'm trying to, you know, I've been trying to lose some weight and stuff. So, I mean, I'm not that, I'm six foot four, 240. That's not too bad, right? You could play in the NFL. Yeah, I probably, uh, well, I, I wanted to play football, but I couldn't. Um, that's a whole nother story for another podcast. Someday I'll tell the story of how I thought I had half a kidney for 30 years and it turns out <laughs> I didn't. I'll tell everybody that story later on. Um, so now this is definitely going to come back later which is Larry goes into this whole thing where he says to her, an office bathroom would be great. You need a chair toilet. And he goes into this. So I know that later on this season, someone is going to have a chair toilet. Right. It has to come back. Now, she also gives Larry an important message that Richard Lewis called and his parakeet died. Larry then sends a text to him, right? Yeah. And she suggests something more may be in order. Larry says, nah, I don't think so. Can you refill my pen? And uh, <laughs> is there anything else you'd like to say about this this scene here, Sean? Well, uh, first of all, uh, I think the text is fine. It's a parakeet. I'm on Larry's side. Um, I don't 
like apparently Richard Lewis is really attached to this bird apparently or was, but um, I think the text is fine. But then he's like refill my pen, and um, and I, it made me realize that he has never actually had an assistant that has actually done anything remotely important for him. I know, and like it's kind of hilarious how they like they all have offices and they all have assistants. But, like, none of them need offices and none of them need assistance. Well, that's the thing, right? Isn't that kind of the joke that everybody in L.A., like, ends up, like, they're these writers or whatever. They're working from home and then they go rent an office and then they don't want to go to the office. So they're at home. And that didn't, wasn't there. There was actually, I think it was, like, season two or three where Larry was like, why do I need an office? You know, and then his and then remember, Cheryl was like, you got to get out of the house. But I think yeah. that this is kind of a an L.A. thing. I know in New York, when I used to do when when, you know, digital video first got hot and people were like, oh, my gosh, we can pick up a camera and make a business. Everybody and their brother would go out and rent a little, uh, you know, a little room in some building in Manhattan. So they had an office and I would always be like, what the fuck are you doing? And uh, we just had people come to our house. Why do, Why are you going to pay money for an office? But. I think it's kind of a funny L.A. thing. Um, and it's always – remember how, like, the season before he had to share the office with people? It's like, why is he even at the office? He's got this, like, 5,000-square-foot house that only he lives in, yet he needs to go out to go to an office. <laughs> it's America. Um, now we jump forward, and Larry arrives home. We And uh, right off the bat, I'm like, where's Leon? Mm-hmm. Um, you hear music. Larry opens up the door, turn it, turn it down. And it's Leon and he's straight cold lamping. Now <laughs> I like this man because I'm familiar with the term lamping. And when he said lamping, I even knew what the difference between chilling and lamping is. And the difference is that when you're chilling, you could be walking around and shit. You could be upright, but when you're lamping, you're sitting down, you're cold lamping. That's what they call it. So I don't know, man. I love Leon. I think Leon is the best. And I think that these two together, I think it's so fantastic when you find out and you listen to those origins that originally he was just supposed to come on for a little bit. But Larry loved their dynamic so much that he just made him part of the show. So, yeah, they didn't have uh, a great um, a great dynamic together. They do. They do. Because they're also both super honest. You know what I mean? Where Larry keeps on saying to him, like, <laughs> in the black community, if this word isn't cool anymore, can you tell me? And he goes, I'll keep you up to date, LD. Don't worry yeah. about it. Um, then they get into talking about the constipation. This is when Leon has a great line. I shot a porno and what a hot dog eating contest constipated. Um, and he's telling, he's telling, Leon's telling Larry to fa- fire her. And then this is also when Larry explains how her name is Mara, how she came to be his um, assistant. And Leon is like, you got foisted. You need to unload this limpy bitch. And <laughs> we go from there. So what do you think about this scene, buddy? Um, yeah. And then it was kind of like what, what we find out later, you know, I mean, that Kimmel, like she came from Kimmel. And then, like, when he goes to see Kimmel a little bit later in the episode, and Kimmel, like, admits to it. And I love that, because Kimmel's like, yeah, 
You know, <laughs> I did it. And then it, didn't he say that he got her from Martin Short? Yes, he did. Marty. Yeah. Which means that he's going to appear in this season. Yeah. Right. That's what I love. So if we, this has to be, everything that happens in the first episode sets the tone. So there's a couple things that I think are going to happen with her. I think we've got to see Martin Short. And I think there's another thing that we'll mention later on. Um, But I just love this scene because they just let Larry and Leon go. It's super funny. I don't know how many takes it took to do this, but it didn't seem like they were really cutting around too much. They do such a good job of cutting on this show. It's amazing. Because you know every... What's that? I was just going to say that it seems like whatever like Larry's like slightly unsure about, like Leon's like, yeah, you need to fire her ass. Like, you know what I mean? He's like, get yeah. rid of her. <laughs> like, figure out a way to get rid of her. Because he's always giving, he gives Larry, he gives Larry bad advice. That's his job on the show. To, to make Larry believe that his stupid ideas are right. He's like, basically like he's like the, they started off the show with Cheryl being there to tell Larry what was right, right? Yeah. Then as the show progressed, they started realizing who gives a fuck. And secondarily, we all know what is right, which is the opposite of anything Larry's going to do. So they brought Leon in so he can basically tell Larry, no, no, you're right. Go do your stupid ass idea. He agrees with him. So I think it's a great kind of, that's what makes their relationship really awesome. Um, all right, let's get, let's get moving along here, man. Well, we also have to point out, though, that uh, he doesn't want to get rid of her because of the cane. Oh, yes. That's why he says this limpy bitch. And also, yes. her uncle fucked her. Yeah, her uncle fucked her. <laughs> I love how he put that. He's yeah. just like, her uncle may yeah. have fucked her. He goes, <laughs> your uncle may have fucked her. And he goes, recently? He goes, no, no, not recently. He goes, oh, you got to unload this limpy bitch. I love that. <laughs> like, they're, they're, cause you know that they probably had a whole nother conversation about how recent her uncle had to fuck her for it to play into the decision. Yeah. You know? So like if the uncle fucked her when she was a kid, she's had time to, to work it into her life. Everything. You know what I mean? You can't use that excuse for everything. But if her uncle fucked her like a couple weeks ago, you got to give her a little time. Yeah. You know, it might have to do with her constipation. Maybe that's why she's constipated. <laughs> you know? All right. Moving on. So She's backed up. <laughs> she's back. <laughs> he shoved that shit so far up there, Larry, she can't even get it out. Um, Betty is cutting Larry's hair. Uh, and I like this part where Larry says his mother told him he never got excited when he was a kid. Right. I like when Larry talks about when he's a kid. And, uh, I thought that was interesting because on the other hand, my mom was always telling me I was too excited. (laughs) Um, Betty explains she's the bride in the wedding. She wants the song. This is when, of course, Larry has to butt in. You know, I don't really get a bride vibe from you. Uh, She's insistent. You can tell she just wants this. This is, you know, this is what she wants. Larry says it's a huge mistake. Takes a uh, look at the pick of her wife. That's a bride. Then Leon walks in out of nowhere and says, you're a lucky ass groom. Uh, And agrees with Larry, of course. And they convince her that she should be the groom, not the bride. 
And then she charges Larry $150 for the haircut, which is a lot of money. Right. Is that how much haircuts cost in L.A., Sean? Um, I actually, I pay like 35 for mine. It's weird. You can go to like Supercuts and you can pay like 30 But I actually go to a place uh, up in, uh, up off of Melrose. I pay like 35 um, I have a really great hairstylist. Oh my God. You go to a hair, dude, yeah. I, I, this is what I pay dude. for. I buy a Clippers from Costco and I cut my hair for 10 years off them. I used to do that, but like, I don't know. I just decided I, I didn't want to go with like super short hair. Like it just, yeah. when I do it, it, it looks like I did it, you know? So I wanted to get a real haircut and I asked a friend uh, who's been living here for like five years and he recommended this place and I go up to this place and I go up occasionally and. You know, get it. I get a gray haircut. I can't, I, I'm no complaints. <laughs> okay, that's great, buddy. Thirty five bucks plus tip. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, all right, so now her we... name is Amanda. She's at Rudy's <laughs> off of Melrose. She's great. Amanda, thirty five dollars, not bad. But with tip, what is that up to fifty? I, I tip her well. I, I don't okay. want to say how much I tip right. because uh, you know. What I'd sip is between me and her, but you get you go to anyone there, you're gonna pay thirty five bucks for the hair haircut. But um, yeah, the tip is confidential. That's an awesome job, and she's cool. That's so great. she's from she's from Denver, and we can chit chat and mile high. Like yeah, baby, that's. Nice. I had a really bad haircut last fall, and it, it traumatized me. That's that's why, like, I decided I was gonna go to like someone I can trust. Dude, I don't even bother getting my hair cut. It's so thick. I have a proceeding hairline. Um, I mean, my father is in his seventies and he's got a, he, he, he looks like Kenny Rogers. He's got a big ass head of hair on the same way, man. I feel like my hair, my eyebrows and my hair are actually getting closer together. Um, I don't know if I like that. I'm going to end up looking like what's her name from the real housewives of New Jersey uh, oh. who has like no forehead. Anyway, yeah, you have some thick hair. I do, man. Um, all right. Now we get to see Cheryl again and we get to this this fantastic uh pam uh people against mutilation a fundraiser that she's doing and it's about clitoral mutilation and the picture of the smiling uh girl on the poster is pretty hilarious i thought it was just the whole thing is silly um now we have another thing our old friend ted ted danson shows up love ted danson if anybody's watching the good place i mean he's so amazing uh, he's been so frobisher cheers he's been a, ted danson has had such a career man i love him um and he announces that he and mary are separated and it's so obvious that cheryl and ted are getting together right i didn't i didn't catch that oh i saw it right away it's so, there's no way it's not happening because she oh my gosh really and then larry walks away and ted says uh, to Cheryl, he's like, that is the strangest man in the world. And they kind of connect and they're laughing a little bit. So guaranteed that Ted is banging Cheryl and it's going to piss Larry off. Yeah, I love that relationship between him and um, Ted Danson. Yeah, he's great. He Because he, I like the way he is just has really a little, like no time for Larry. He's just kind of like, you're wasting my time. And I like that. And then maybe Larry will try to get with Mary. 
I know that's how Larry is, so it's probably what's going to happen. Um, then Larry sees Jeff. He says the producers are going crazy for Fatwa, and he got him booked on Kimmel. But then he finds out that Jeff only got charged $75 for his haircut, and he has more hair. Twice as much hair. Twice, twice as much. <laughs> so the more hair you have, the the... It does make a little bit of sense, though, because the more hair you have, it's probably easier to, you know, you got more to work with when you don't, when you have hair like Larry, you really got to work at it to make it look good. He should have been charged half as much as Jeff. They should charge by the hair. I don't know. See, I kind of like the inverse hair to cost ratio here. I'm kind of down with it, man. I have to say, I kind of agree with Betty. Um so then Larry sees Richard Lewis outside. And then again, I have to say, this is exactly like my uncle Mush and my stepfather, Sandy. This is how they would do. One person would be out the window. The other person, you come over here. No, you come over here. So they kind of fight. And then as soon as we cut to the lobby, the first thing Larry says is, this isn't really halfway. <laughs> He's like, I took yeah. more steps than you. <laughs> I came, yeah, I came further than you. So uh, then they talk about the text, which was, this was the text. Sorry about your bird. The good news is I'm still alive, which I thought was kind of funny. I thought it was funny too. Um, They fight. uh, They talk about how the bird said Seinfeld, which I think may come back this season. Um, Richard, now there's a real great part here where Richard Lewis really breaks him down and he says to him, you're devoid of anything that's remotely caring or empathetic, which I love the way that when Larry and Richard get together, they just go at each other like so deeply. It's not even like Susie who is like, fuck you, you motherfucker. It's like they really they've known each other since they were kids. So he has no problem just insulting like every fabric of his being. Yeah, I liked it when um, he told Richard Lewis, like, because Richard Lewis always brings up, you know, I was an alcoholic, I have intimacy problems, and he's like, are you kidding me? He's like, these aren't real problems. (laughs) I love it, man. I love it. Um, So then they also fight about which one's going to leave, which the other way. So that was awesome. Um, Then Larry sees Susie outside. She talks about her new company, Soaps On, which is a dumb fucking name. I agree. Um, they fight again, and then this is when I love the way they do it. You know, to just sneak it in. She needs an assistant. This is where Larry goes for the foist because he says he's leaving for NYC, New York City, that is, to do some work on fatwa. She gets happy. I'm going to give you uh, an assistant, and then we end with Larry doing, a, uh, of course, his classic. Pr- Pretty, pretty good, pretty good, which we all pretty, love. Pretty, pretty, pretty good. <laughs> that was good, man. That was awesome. And of course, we found out about the origin of that in the Mr. Softy episode, because when he was a kid, he once played strip poker with a girl and lost. And that was her reaction to uh, his uh, weenus, that it was pretty good. So now we have the wraparound here. Where, where Susie's getting the foist, and we're about in the middle of the episode, so this is good pacing. Um, now we have one of these scenes 
where Larry has done this plenty of times in this show. He just walks into somebody's house. <laughs> like if somebody walked into his house, he'd go nuts. But he just walks up, the door's open, he just walks in. Uh, and we see Betty's, he's at Betty's house. We see her fiance, Numa, who is Nazim Petrod, who was on The New Girl, as well as Saturday Night Live. I think she's really funny. Um, they start fighting it. And Larry, what was the deal with the story about the butterflies? Oh, yeah, yeah. I used to go to the park and catch your butterflies. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't really quite get that either. Uh, but I imagined him like going out to Prospect Park in Brooklyn and trying to capture butterflies. But I bet like he, like Larry's like one of those guys who captured butterflies and put them in a jar, but forgot to poke holes in that jar. (laughs) That's probably true, man. Um, so they get into the fight about Larry, of course, butts in. They're already fighting about who should be the groom and who should be the bride. Um, Betty doesn't answer quick enough for Numa, the classic old thing. Numa runs out of the house, and of course, Larry open, offers to open the door for her. And uh, and then he kind of looks at Betty, and I love when he brings these old phrases too. When he says, "What was I supposed to do? I was betwixt and between." And I feel like this is going to come back to. Um, he complains about the difference in the haircut by saying, well, that's why I'm here. And she just tells him, get the fuck out of my house. Yeah. What do you think about this whole, uh, this whole thing about the bra? I mean, look, obviously Larry has a point Uh, in these modern times. It's funny though, because he's still trying. It's like, they're both in a way trying to get, well, they could both be brides. Yes, that's what I'm saying. That's what's they funny. About it. Like, I've seen that before. They're, they're like working hard to fit into this traditional. Um, when two gay men get married, they're both grooms. There's never a bride. That's not true. That's not I've, true. Have you seen a bride? Yes, I, I have. Haven't. I have. I've been to a gay wedding. Uh, well, but the dude um, did drag. So, oh, okay, it's a little bit different there. Um, but. I just think that all, it's just funny that they're trying to get, you know, that traditional dynamic to yeah. fit in. And we all, come on. I mean, this is like that Atlanta episode. We all are trying our best to try to figure out, you know, the new ways of the world. But I love the way Larry just runs right into it, you know? Yeah. He just runs. But he's always, he really is always trying. Um, <laughs> Larry arrives at the office. He tells Mara about her new job with Susie, starts packing her up, just throwing shit in a box. And he even makes her carry the case while she limps away. I thought this was a pretty good, uh, this was a pretty good scene. And it was funny too, because she says, Hey, do you want to go get a drink after or something? And he's like, "Mm, no, no, I don't want to. And she's like, how about a hug? (laughs) And he, he, he did it. He put the, he let the box in between them and like basically tapped her arms. That, that was pretty awesome. Oh, man. He's the best because I've been there, too. People are always asking me to go out and get drinks. I hate fucking bars. Yeah. I'm it not can be a, annoying. Yeah, I'm not a bar guy. I never have been. I never will be. It's funny because my father's a bartender. Maybe that's why I grew up in bars. But I, I, I hate bars. They're loud. They're annoying. People are always like, go get a drink. Why do I want to get a drink? You could come to my house. We could have six drinks for the price of one drink. 
I, I just, I'm always with Larry. I just always want people to leave me alone. I love people and I love talking to people, but I always want them to leave me alone and I never want to go out in public with them. You just like to keep your distance. Yeah. I like doing it like this with a podcast. If I want to, I could just hang up on you and say that we got disconnected. <laughs> you know? Um, all right. So Leon walks in as Mara's walking out. The foist is complete. Leon sits down and says he can do her job. <laughs> this is where we get the rut row. Uh, the phone rings. He says, Larry David's office. What the fuck is up? Oh, I'm sorry. That bitch got foisted. You can hear him kind of say that as they fade out and go into the next scene. What do you have to say about Mara and the foisting here? Uh, <laughs> long time coming. Uh, she, she's not too bright. Um, oh, I liked, okay. So I'm sorry to come back, but you know, like I'm saying, she's not too bright and like, he's clearly pushing her out the door. I mean, how do you not notice that? And then like, it's like when he asked her to refill the pen, I thought it was really hilarious when she was like, um, I, I feel like I'd lose such a small object. (laughs) <laughs> you remember that? Yes. You know, it's like she's like, I'll just like write it down or something. I feel like I lose. See, that was kind of a Portlandia joke. I like that. You know, that was a bring it. I like when people. That's what's so great about this show is when people can kind of bring their own humor into it. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and they have so many, so many people that guest on it. I love it, man. Um. So we jump into the green room at Jimmy Kimmel. Leon's on the phone. Now, Jeff actually does call. And Larry says, is that Jeff? Let me talk to him. And Leon says, "Uh, you got to get ready. And then this is also great because Leon takes the whole platter of food. And and Larry says, give it back. And as Leon's walking out, he just go. He just is like, go fuck yourself, Larry. (laughs) I love that. And then Larry and Jimmy talk about Lampin. This is a fun little conversation they have, right? Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, yeah? <laughs> like, he's educating Jimmy. <laughs> um, like it's a pyramid scheme. Now, this is, again, going to come up later, I'm sure. Uh, Jimmy says uh, someone at the end will have to marry her because it's like a pyramid scheme. So that's a good call right there. It's going to happen. You don't have uh, Carrie Brownstein in the show for no reason. Um, She's got to come back onto the show. Who's she going to marry in the end? Maybe she goes back to Martin Short and they get married. Uh, I have no idea. Um, Um, Maybe Susie. Maybe (laughs) does Susie keep her as because Susie's has to foist her on someone. So could, could she possibly break up Sammy's marriage in some way? Is there, are they going to angle it that way? I'm thinking about, no way, not Susie. Definitely not Susie. No, no, not Susie, Sammy. Oh, Sammy. The wedding. Um, yeah. 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 I don't know. I don't know. I know. Uh, Oh, okay. 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 Um, the vet, the vet, huh? (laughs) yeah yeah that's what i'm saying dude she's gonna they're gonna have uh they're both gonna have pdsd or something like that and they're gonna bond over it right it's possible 
her about the uncle, him about the war. She's got uncle. He's got Uncle Sam. There we go. <laughs> I already I said it. All right. So now we get to see a great scene where Larry's actually on Jimmy Kimmel, which I thought this was super cool. Um, and now let me ask you this. Did you realize how bad this was while you were watching it? How bad what was? Like, the bit? Yeah. No. Did you realize... Oh, there's like a freaking airplane going over me right now. You probably can't even hear that. I have a good mic. Well, anybody who, who was that? Whoa, whoa. All right. We're back live here on Curb Your Podcast, baby. Um, did you realize like how terrible the things that Larry was saying were? I mean, not really. Like it didn't <laughs> like, I was just, like, I was just enjoying it because, you know, he was improvising and he was just. He's talking out his ass, but I guess, like, as we come to find out later, it was pretty insulting. Okay, I did. I'm, I'm watching it. And it's, I mean, first of all, this is the dumbest, most offensive idea for a play, even though it could be really funny. I mean, let's not forget that those fucking South Park guys made billions off of the uh, Mormon play, right? Mm-hmm. Who thought that was going to be a good idea? Um, but... Uh, I just thought this is not going to end well. Um, you know, he's talking about, you can't, you know, Ayatollah Khomeini, Khomeini, Khomeini. Um, and then I like the line when he said he's, he does a lot of denunciating. He, he's den- <laughs> denouncing. He does a lot of denunciating. Now he's got denunciating elbow. <laughs> His arm is moving so much <laughs> from pushing people away. And also we find out now this is definitely going to come back. The Ayatollah doesn't like Waze, right? The traffic app. Uh-huh. And he also, and then Jimmy says, I think I was in an Uber with the Ayatollah. And then Larry <laughs> says he loves granola. Yeah, I remember he said that. And then they cut out after that, right? Yeah, yeah. It was weird. So something's up, dude. Something's up here. Um, Okay. So... Now, uh, Larry comes into his office and Leon is working and he's like, oh, you're already doing stuff. He says, Larry, that Ayatollah bit, that was beautiful. Jeff calls, he's going insane. This whole scene is great. Yeah. Leon doesn't know how to transfer the call. Jeff is at home. Susie's yelling at Sammy in the background. The TV's blaring. Uh, Larry turns on the TV. It's Lawrence O'Donnell from MSNBC. And he's saying the Ayatollah has issued a fatwa. On Larry, and Larry and Jeff just keep on going, what the fuck, a fat one? <laughs> what the fuck? I love this. Yeah, I mean, and that's that's the episode. <laughs> um, yeah, and then I like I like where it goes from there. And then, like, after that, he goes to visit the, um, the FBI. And yeah. the first thing that Jeff is like, he's like, so what about people associated? <laughs> yes, yes, that's true. We jump from here. Um, I do want to say, wait, there, there was one great part here in this scene where Larry goes back and forth with the TV. Like he's talking to Jeff and he says, I'll repent. And then the Ayatollah on the screen says, even if he repents, it does not matter. And then Larry says to Jeff, I'll convert. And Jeff goes, you'll convert. He goes, I'll convert to to be a Muslim. And then on the TV, the Ayatollah says, even if he converts to Islam, he will still burn in hell. 
I thought that was great. You're right. Then we go to the FBI building, and this is where Jeff asked by asks about fatwa by association. Yes. And yeah, you're a target too. Yeah, baby. <laughs> but then he says everything is fine. And by the way, this FBI agent is an actor named Andy Buckley. And he's on a great show on another Bravo. This They must have gone to the Bravo casting department. Uh, he's on a great show called Odd Mom Out on Bravo. I don't know if you ever caught that. I like it. I enjoy it with my wife. Um, it's really funny. It's I have great. not seen that show as well. Yeah, Abby Elliott is on that. Um, the uh, daughter of the uh, fantastic Chris Elliott, Get a Life fame. Yes. David Letterman. I, I took an improv class with her uh, years ago. She's gorgeous, man. Yes, very very attractive woman. How how would how such a fugly looking dude had such a beautiful daughter? I have no, but that's the way the world works, man. <laughs> you know, oh, come on, Chris Elliott's not like that unattractive. I mean, yeah, I like, okay. Maybe by like industry standards, <laughs> he's not considered a good-looking guy, but he's not. He's not. He's not horrible. He's he looks friendly. I guess you'd say. <laughs> Cabin Boy is still one of my favorite movies to this day. Fancy what? What's it called? Fancy Boy. Uh, Cabin Boy. With Chris, no, Chris I, I know, but remember in Cabin Boy, David Letterman, uh, is the guy who sends him to Fancy Boy Finishing School. <laughs> and uh that's how he learns to be a fancy boy yeah um so this is great uh the fbi agent jeff andy buckley i almost said jeff buckley says oh it's fine larry says he'll apologize but jeff says he already asked kimball and they said no way <laughs> um <laughs> now, now i love how kimball does not have his back in this uh, i know man hey jimmy kimball so, but that's like you know, uh, I think that like Kimmel could like secretly be kind of like Larry. Like yeah. he foisted onto Larry. He's not backing Larry up here. Kimmel could actually play a really big role this season too, which would be nice. It would be nice. I love. I really like him, uh, especially after what he did for us all with healthcare. I'd like to see Jimmy Kimmel appear on this show. He's making up for those stupid bouncing women on trampolines in the Man Show he did years ago. <laughs> That show was terrible. Oh my God, dude. He's, he's, he's really, it's penance for that garbage man show. Um, all right. Then we have uh, the second to last scene. Richard meets Larry in a restaurant. Larry has on quite a costume. Yeah, really he's in like disguise. It. Now, this is, a, this is one of those scenes where it's like sometimes they're forcing it too much, mm-hmm. you know, because it's like a double comeback. Um. Larry tells Richard the story. Then Richard responds back with the message of the text. Well, at least you're still alive, right? To bring that back around. But he does a really good delivery on it. Then Numa shows up. How she knows he's there, who knows, right? But she's. Then we get the great line where Richard says to Larry, Fatwa? And Larry says, No, lesbian bride. <laughs> That should be a T-shirt. Fatwa? No, lesbian bride. Uh, Larry runs out. Then we get the kicker. Larry's back in the shower. We see a stalking point of view walking through the house. Larry opens the shower door. Fatwa? And then Susie's there and she says, no, cocksucker, foisted. And she socks him right in the face. (laughs) 
Yeah, I t- for some reason I don't know why I was thinking is you know I know it's like a callback to the first scene, and it makes sense. But for some reason I was like thinking, oh, this is gonna be like Psycho, you know, <laughs> yeah. like. And but they weren't playing the music, so I knew it wasn't coming. But I was like, oh, like here it comes. But uh, they should have brought like the soap back, like as yeah, well, like I, the soap bit. Yeah, they should have brought that back as well in that scene. I agree. Like it would have been funny if maybe as she's stalking, he opens up the soap, it gets in his eyes or something. And when she tries to punch him, he like lands on her naked or something like that. So they can bring it back to all the times where like Susie thought Larry was hitting on her or even to the original episode with the boner in the pants, with the pants boner. (laughs) Um, But this was a little force to me. Some of the endings really work. This seemed a little, uh, a little, actually the ending was kind of foisted on us. Um, but all in all, a fantastic episode. It was so happy to be back in this world. Do you have any, uh, final thoughts on this episode, Sean? Oh, uh, not really. It's like, where do we go from here? Cause like a lot of times I pick up right where it left off, but I, I think this is, the next episode's going to be like a cold open, like not really, not really related. I think like, cause you know how, like literally sometimes it's almost like right after what happened in the last episode, this episode, the next episode, I don't know where you go from here. I don't, but I will say something that I noticed about this episode. When you were talking about all the fancy shots, you were like, Oh, wide angles, establishing shots, blah, blah, blah. To me, it just looks like they have more money. Like, you know what I mean? I think feel like before it was just like the show was awesome. Um, but even though, even when it looked more low budget, um, but it is, yeah, it's definitely, it feels more theatrical. Yes. Yeah. And I hope they play with that because I've always felt that the one thing that Curb could have done better is to use the camera. Now, I know that kind of goes against the quote-unquote documentary style that they began with and have kind of abandoned, you know? And I think that it's really much... The show really is... The show is not a faux documentary anymore. It is a single-cam comedy. Yeah. And I think that it behooves them to embrace that, but I also think it's one of the things that just let Larry be Larry, you know, you don't want to overdo it too much. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's why that kind of jangly camera always kind of went with the jangly music and Larry himself. But um, I don't know, man, I thought this was a great episode. We're going to wrap this up. Um, I've actually got to get going and pick up my son from, uh, from his first day at his new school. Isn't that precious? That is so cute. Uh, it's so cute. So, Sean, this has been great, man. Um, we're, 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 this is the first time we've ever done a podcast together. We didn't yeah. even do a test. I think it was super smooth. Anybody out there, if you're listening, you can send us an email, curbyourpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, com. You can follow us on Twitter at curbyourpodcast. Again, Patreon backslash DVR. We'd love to hear from you. Give us a review. Send us an email. Send us a tweet. Do you like the format of the episode? Do you have any uh, suggestions? We're open to them. 
And uh, I'll let Sean take us out if any he wants to say anything or do something funny. Or whatever. Uh, the only thing I was just going to say is uh, if anyone out there is listening and uh, you want to come to my comedy show tomorrow night uh, in Ventura Beach, California, it's Wednesday night, uh, 8 p.m., uh, Ventura Comedy. I actually have to check. It's 7 or 8 p.m. I'm not quite sure. But uh, if you want to come out there, just – Go out there, tell him my name at the door, Sean Flynn. You'll get a free ticket to the show. That'd be awesome because I really need some people to come out. It's actually a it's actually a contest, uh, believe it or not. Okay. Um, so I don't I don't really know anyone out here. So if anyone wants to come out and support me, that'd be cool. Oh, so what kind of contest? How long have you not jerked off for for this contest? Ooh, uh, probably about 45 minutes. Oh, okay, 45 minutes. That's good. All right. Well, we're going to let uh, Sean rub one out. And uh, we're gonna, I'm going to get going and pick my kid up. I don't. I could not come up with a. Um, I couldn't join those two things. I'm sorry, my son in rubbing. I just couldn't do it. Sorry, I didn't get a joke out there at the end. <laughs> but um, thanks. And again, I'm going to let Sean take us out. Give us how are we going out. What's our out on this podcast, Sean? Um, pretty, 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 pretty good show. <laughs>